Biblical language can sometimes be difficult to decipher or interpret. It's full of imagery, comparisons, and complex descriptions. Bible scholars have pored over the words with fine tooth combs to pull out the pearls of what God wants to tell His people through His Word. Something that can take time for us to wrap our heads around is the Bible's description of God's relationship with man being one of intimacy compared with marriage and using sexual language. This has caused much dissension among Christians and non-believers alike, and we'd like to briefly address the subject on the next Family Matters. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Graham Schnell for Family Matters, where we offer practical advice from Focus on the Family. We received a comprehensive question from a concerned believer that went like this. Are marriage and sex appropriate images of our relationship with God? While reading an article on Christian marriage, I came across what I consider a pretty shocking statement. The writer began by comparing man's relationship with the Lord to human marriage. Then he went on to say that we must marry God, in inverted commas, and then even suggested that in the context of this union, Christ plants spiritual seeds in us so that we can give birth to new life. I find this highly sexualized language both offensive and confusing. It's one thing to talk about the church as the bride of Christ. It's something else to suggest that we can actually interact at this level of intimacy with God. Many Muslims reject Christianity for this very reason. They think that when we speak of Jesus as God's son, we're implying that the father had sexual relations with Mary. Shouldn't we do everything we can to avoid such misunderstandings? We can see why you feel so strongly about this. The last thing we want to do is place unnecessary obstacles to belief in anybody's way by using inappropriate human analogies to characterize our relationship with God. This practice, which is sometimes called anthropomorphism, is always theologically risky. If we're going to use it at all, we have to employ it with great care. But while it's crucial to use such language as judiciously as possible, it's almost impossible to avoid using it altogether. Human beings are temporal, earthly creatures. As such, they tend to understand only what is explained to them in human terms. Jesus says that God is spirit. We cannot see him face to face with the eyes of the flesh. Accordingly, we have to learn to think of him in terms of several different humanly comprehensible images, for example, as parent, friend, husband, master, savior. Marriage and sexuality can also be helpful in this regard. Used properly, they can serve as useful images of the believer's relationship with God. They do, of course, have some obvious drawbacks and limitations, and yet the Bible often employs them in this way. We can see this in several places in the New Testament. Paul says plainly that the mystery of marriage provides us with a picture of Christ's union with the church. That's Ephesians 5.32. And John compares the new Jerusalem to a bride adorned for her husband, Revelations 21.2. We find the same thing in the Old Testament. Several Old Testament writers describe God's passionate love for his people not only as marital, but even as explicitly sexual in nature. For example, Ezekiel chapter 16, Hosea 1 through 3, Isaiah 57, 8 and 9, and of course Song of Solomon in its entirety. Naturally, we don't take this to mean that any of us has actual physical sexual relations with God. That would be a gross misunderstanding. This is symbolic language. It's always possible that some people may fall into this very trap. But we can't for this reason disown the words of Scripture, nor should we deprive ourselves of the richness of the biblical imagery. Instead, it's much better to take the time to explain the real significance of these word pictures for those who may be confused about their meaning. We'd suggest that you take the matter up with your pastor or a trusted Christian friend who is theologically sound and pray about it as well and ask God to help you in your understanding of these verses. 
This program was produced by Focus on the Family. I'm Graham Schnell, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Family Matters.